your job title, you know, is your identity, but you don't know at that time, the job title is just a title and it's not you. So you don't have to identify yourself with what you're doing in a special particular sector of your life. Then getting back to the question about the corporations, they you use two keywords, inability, but first of all, unwillingness, because, you know, if you want, where there's a will, there's a way. Welcome, everyone, to The Ultimate Shift. Join Ephraim Glick and leading figures in business and entertainment as they share their stories of regular people overcoming tremendous obstacles only to achieve happiness, success, and fulfillment. Are you ready to make the ultimate shift in your life? Welcome back to the ultimate shift. Um, Today, I have a guest all the way from Italy, Angela Santi, who is a business and lifestyle designer. Hi, Angela, and welcome to the Ultimate Shift Podcast. Hi, Efraim. Thank you very much for inviting me at your show. I'm super honored to be here. Well, we are honored to have you. Um, Can you just go in a little bit and tell us about your life and how you became a business and lifestyle designer and kind of what you do, what that actually means? You know, you have another word for it as well there in in Italian. So that sounds much more... Uh, that sounds much more sophisticated and better than I can pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So I am, as you said, I am a business and lifestyle consultant known as the Dolce Vita, meaning the sweet life lifestyle designer. So what I do is I empower passionate, overloaded, overworked, successful entrepreneurs and experts worldwide to scale avoiding burnout and living la dolce vita instead yeah go ahead no well i was just going to say and that that basically means living your best life or also not forgetting to to set time is it is it setting time aside or is it intentionally designing it from the start yes i tell you the dolce vita is uh the way italians live and and it means not only setting time aside, etc., which is in part, but it's basically an overall approach to life and to business. Um, people say that Italians are life artists, and this is something that really comes from very far away. By the way, La Dolce Vita starts name starts from uh, a Fellini movie called La Dolce Vita, where these playboys were just having fun during the night in Rome. But it's not only that. <laughs> so, okay. So it's really an approach that we have that makes us work in a very committed way when it's time to work and being able to shift and to, you know, like enjoy being in the moment when you are outside your work, really having fun. And it's also a way of our natural way of enjoying food or or enjoying beautiful things and buying beautiful objects and really living in a joyful and lighthearted way, even if we are 
hard workers. So it's a, it's an interesting mixture that, as I said, uh, we live naturally and it's in our DNA, but it can be uh, learned. What do you think when, you know, when I hear you talk, that's a very different way. And I'm, I'm really intrigued by this topic. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of questions for you. But what do you think about the way we as Americans, you know, I'm from, from Nashville, Tennessee, and, and the American corporate world where we have this idea of, I work a lot, put it that way. And I enjoy what I do. But at times, too, when I stop and think, I'm like, at the end of the day, when I hear people talk like what you're talking and, and I know you guys, you know, you guys make the best food and the wines and, and you enjoy life. You're enjoying these things. What do you think America, the culture that we have built around entrepreneurship is lacking in that sense? Mm, very good question. So from my uh, point of observation, Americans has gone really too far. So they are exaggerating their commitment. And I think that the most workaholic Italian is not like the least workaholic American. I mean, Americans don't know, really don't know how to stop and how to enjoy life. And what I noticed from my, I've been, I've, I lived in America for, for a small uh, period of my life. What I noticed that even when you don't work, you have to be to do something. You have to be entertained. Mm -hmm. So you have no not doing, not just sitting and you know, like enjoying the panorama. You have to, yeah, to to, to have something done. And I think that uh, even though I really admire American culture in a way that you have this self-made man culture, which we don't have here in mm -hmm. Italy and maybe not even in Europe that much. So. But it's getting to an extreme and the corporate world is really too much. And what I've noticed is that overall, the corporate world, but the American corporate world above all, is treating human beings like machine. So this emphasis on productivity is really an emphasis that was born with the Industrial Revolution, but it wasn't for men. It was for the machine. So yeah. what and we see that with this big resignation, people, you know, like quitting their jobs after the pandemic, which I totally understand. I think that they really realized that they were not having a life anymore. And it should be a very important message to the corporations you know why are those people going away so i think that corporations should put uh, men and women at the center of their culture again like a new renaissance because otherwise they won't go too far life is too important for the people and people have understood it during the pandemic where you know so many people were dying so when life hits and you you have a wake up call Hmm, then this productivity makes no sense anymore. Yeah. When when I think about the way, and this is something I think a lot about, I don't know if you know anything about the Amish people in America. You know, mm, they, they came from, from Germany, the Swiss Alps and so forth. Well, I grew up in that culture. Uh, so meaning me as a kid, we didn't have television. We didn't have radio. We didn't have, we had horse and buggies to get around in America, you know, and I'm talking about in, in today's age. And my childhood was spent outdoors and with family. And then when you take that and you apply it to the corporate world, like I've lived in the city for 11 years now and, and life is very different. And I, and I love that aspect of life as well. But I think the one thing that 
how well i guess my question is really this how do you think that the italian lifestyle of enjoying the the when i say finer things i'm talking about i'm talking about your food and your your relationships and your culture that you guys have built of just honoring each other and spending that quality time together is that more relatable to that amish lifestyle do you think and if so how do we step aside you know me as a business owner of i have multiple companies how how do what would your advice be to someone like me that to say okay well where do you where do i start you know where do i start in order to apply some steps to make those better practices if you will it's a very interesting question and it's very interesting to compare the italian to the amish culture i think that there could be some similarities as italy uh, is very is a um, is is a is a melting pot in a way, and there is a southern Italy that is famous for the not doing, and a northern Italy that is famous for doing the industrial world, etc. Mm -hmm. That have more a German influence or Austrian influence. So we can mm -hmm. you know see the similarities here. So um, I think that this, this part of the Amish culture is very, could also be compared to the Italian one as for the values, the basic values of life and to be in the green and to honor nature, life, family, and all yeah. the things that are important in life. So um, if I were to advise you uh, to make a first step, I would first of all ask myself, First of all, what is my life goal? Because life is made of many different parts. So you have your business and you have your relationship, you have your the fun time, the um, financials, health, and many other things. So the, the end point, what would it be? And then check out if the different parts that make up, you know, that make the whole are consistent and if the goal is consistent and if you are going in the same direction with all of them because generally what happens is that our western culture with this emphasis and even for the italians but less than for the americans with this emphasis on money 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 profit for uh, work 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 has made us uh, lose sight of the important things italians though always make sure that in their day there is one or or all four of what i call the four f's family friends fun and food i like which that is good food and healthy food not junk food <laughs> yeah not fast food no fast food so you know you touched on on the the money and the profits part and i think as americans we have this this greed of of excessive need and want, and maybe want more than need. I think about this a lot, and, and I struggle finding the balance in my own life in this, where you see, I'm not married, I don't have children. And so I, I can really focus on my career at this time. But now I've been in, so involved in my career for so long, that I barely know how to date if I wanted to date, you know what I mean? Like, and so because I've made my life about my career. And I struggle with the, the balance line of saying, you know, okay, well, let's become financially, you know, for me at first, when I started, it was like, okay, well, let's become financially free. Let's get freedom and finances to where, you know, if now I was to get married and have children, I can travel and I can do whatever I want to. I'm, 
And whether that means you're trying to save up for family or that means you're trying to save up for your, your kids and so forth. Uh, you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, how do you know when to quit, basically? Huh. Generally, something happens in your life. So uh, unless you are so enlightened and maybe you are from what you're saying already to change and to insert something and you don't necessarily have to have you know like uh, black or white and quit and do the other things my suggestion would be to insert start inserting some of the things and leaving those things now and if i can if i may I share you my a story, um, how, and you asked me before, how I got here where I'm now. Mm-hmm. So basically, and I try to be quick because my story is a very long no, story. Take, take all the time. Uh, your story is important. And I love learning about what, what gets people to their, to their point that you're at. Okay. So uh, thank you very much for giving me the time. So I come from um, a very wealthy family, Italian family. Uh, my family is a four-generation family entrepreneur. So this is to say that I really had the opportunity to do whatever I wanted to do. And I had amazing opportunities where nobody has had them. The first one was to start traveling and learning English when I was when I was very, very young, and it was my passion when I was 11, and I'm speaking about 40, 40 years ago. So not so many people were traveling as now they are traveling. And I had the chance to spend all my summers in California to learn English and also psychology. So, I mean, I had the possibility and I played my game pretty well. And then as for the university, I could choose whatever I could choose. And you know, I was just going with the flow. I'm a super adventure and adventurer person. I want to have fun. I like to to study and you know all the artistic things and all that. So I did whatever I wanted and really, really, really had fun for the first part of my life. And then when it was time to go and find a job, the easiest thing for the Italian is I'll go to work with your family. So my family at the time, one of my family business was one of the top 10 distributors, uh, holdings of luxury cars in Italy. So can you imagine, you know, like a child, I'm a passionate of car and I was like a child in a cookie store, you know, with the Ferrari and the Maserati and the Mercedes and all that. And everything was amazing. And you had, you know, all those luxury words, all those beauty and da, da, da. But there was a thing, it was a very masculine environment. So, and I didn't know how to show up in this world. And I also wanted to look good. I wanted to be effective. I had no mentors because in Italy, we don't have the mentorship culture, which is a pity, by the way. And so I started aping all the men. And Italian men tend to like work the long hours, not to have uh, lunch, nothing at, well, not to have lunchtime, lunch at lunchtime. And, you know, plus I was commuting every day, one hour and one hour or two hours, depending on the traffic. But I was super committed and I want to, and I'm also a perfectionist. I'm super driven. I'm a controller. I'm this A type of person. 
So, yeah. but I, you know, since it was my life and I was so passionate, for me, it was normal. Then long story short, what happened in 2008, when Lehman Brothers collapsed and the whole worldwide automotive world industry collapsed, our business, and I tell you, we had 600 employees, our business collapsed from one day to the other. And I found myself, you know, like, what am I going to do now? And there, at that time, I really realized that in all the years before, and it was almost 20 years, I had no life. I had very, well, and all my relationships has suffered with my friends, with my boyfriend at the time. And, you know, I was just concentrating in working and I was enjoying it. And you can imagine everything was so beautiful and all that. And then during that time, I really realized that my assets were not only the financials and the success, you know, the, how do you say the uh, outside success, but it was what I had been building inside myself for all those times. So at that time, it wasn't a shift. It was a kick, you know, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so I had this choice to play the victim or to embrace change. Mm -hmm. And change is very difficult to embrace, you know, when you are when you are so much in what we call, you know, the comfort zone. So I just, you know, decided to leverage my uh, my skills. And at the time I was uh, sitting in the board of directors and I was in charge of organizational development and HR development. So I became a consultant uh, and I was an independent contractor. Then I lived this way for a while. And again, I was commuting all over Italy, working on, you know, other people's schedule. And then at a certain time, I said, you know what? I am tired. It was my 50th birthday. And I said, I want to uh, give myself a, the, the best gift to become free again and to take my life back again. So what I what happened is that I hired by chance, totally by chance, an American uh, business coach. And I started to follow her. So I built my business online in 2016 in Italy, which was something completely crazy for the Italians. You cannot do whatever you do online because it doesn't work. You don't have this in-person touch. You know, the Italians need to hug and to touch. And I said, no, I mean, the Americans were doing. So some things of the American cultures are very good. And so... I was I was ready when the pandemic hit. And so what I did after, you know, in um, 2016, when I started my own business, like working only for myself, I said, now I want to teach other people really how to that it's possible to be successful, to run your business and to have a life. And what I teach is what I do or teach is that there are four dimensions of La Dolce Vita. I call this four dimension, like the wheels in a car, since I'm from the car words. Mm -hmm. So these four wheels are systems and organization skills in order to implement all the organization skills, you know, and the things that you have to do, like delegation is one of the first things. So trust the people that are working for you. And then, you know, like creating a team and all that skills mindset and habits i'm a huge fan of habits because habit make things very easy it's a no-brainer to do things but you have to leverage the right habits and you have to be aware of where your habits are taking you 
So these four dimensions has to be like the wheels of a car that has to be like inflated at the same level. Otherwise, your trip, you know, is not very comfortable. And if one of those wheels is broken, you're not even getting to the end of your journey. There are a few things to check in this car that you're driving to the end to your journey. First of all, who is driving the car? Is it you or is it somebody else? Because some, sometimes it's not you. And if there are other passengers in the car that you are aware of, uh, that you are not aware of, and these are all the, what I call your team, all the people that are around you and all the people that are inside your head that are telling you what is right, what is wrong, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I just want to acknowledge the fact that, that I love the story, first off, because you, you're, you've come from so many different things and you're able to, I think it's worth to, to stop and pause and acknowledge you for adapting and changing where I feel like so many people get hung up on. And especially as they get older, they might think, well, you know, it's, I'm too old to do this now, or I'm too old to shift. I might as well hang on to what I know. Right. And, and there's so many different opportunities. So kudos to you for seeing them and taking advantage of them and now also helping other people to see them. I think that's, that's amazing. And thank you very much. And I tell you what, the first change is the most difficult one. Then you know how to do it and you decide to change before it's too late. The first, you know, the first change is, is a fourth one. Then uh, you said older people, la, 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 and I, I'm proud to say that I'm 55. And this year I decided to, why staying in Italy? Why staying in, in, in only in Europe? You know, let's open my business to the United States. So this is another change because I'm going to, you know, open to the to the rest of the world well united states and the rest of the world good for you well and we want to help promote that in any way we can i love what you're doing i think this is this is a conversation that's not had enough in america quite honestly and you know and these are things that that i struggle with as far as as i have i've learned that adapting and changing is just something that comes with life right and and if you're going to grow and change and become that better version that dream version that you aspire to be that's a part of it. When you think back to the pandemic or the, you mentioned 2008, do you think that is the biggest things thing that keeps people, whether it's individually or companies, corporations stuck is this inability and this unwillingness to maybe change their, their methods, their, uh, just to, be, to stay stuck on this one track kind of a business mindset. And what, is also if I heard you correctly, are you saying that once you are willing to make that that first initial change, that maybe the second one, your your intuition, your gut, whatever you want to call it, now recognizes that change is necessary quicker? Exactly, exactly. So uh, yeah, the first change, and then I'm gonna answer the second, the, the first question. Yes, the first change is again a fourth uh, the a fourth one, and you see that in reality that you need to change but you you know you don't want to see what you see because mm -hmm. you're too scared to change and a thing that is preventing from changing is uh that people sometimes are linked to an identity you know um especially if you are have to change uh something in your career or your business your job title you know 
is your identity, but you don't know at that time, the job title is just a title and it's not you. So you yeah. don't have to identify yourself with what you're doing in a special particular sector of your life. Then getting back to the question about the corporations, they you use two keywords, inability, but first of all, unwillingness, because you know, if you want, where there's a will, there's a way. So if you want, you can do it. And by the way, there are tons of consultants out there that help, you know, like companies, you know, embrace change and all that. So I think that it is really a culture and an old paradigm where, where they are stick to. And here in Italy, for instance, you know, they're just people are enjoying working from home, working remotely, or just, you know, like having working in a staying, you know, at home for part of the week and then go really uh, to, to, to their offices just once a week or twice a week, really depending on what is your, your role. And by the way, not all roles can be performed remotely and not all the people can work remotely because it requires a lot of discipline and the right environment. So I'm not, you know, like, again, why for the extremes, right. but companies are trying to say no, that after the pandemic, all go back to the office. So the thing is that there is one thing, if you can see, if you are, if you are present at work and you can see your employees, you have uh, the impression, you know, that they work, if they work, they don't work, they are productive, they are not productive. But if you don't see them, you don't know. And one of the easiest way to say how people are performing is by the number of hours that they work, which is a total nonsense because many companies talk about being uh, efficient, but real efficient is not appreciated because if you do what you have to do in a short amount of time, you, you're, you're not conveying value to what you're working because it seems to be too easy. You know, It's a paradox. Right. Yeah. Do you, do you think we're going to see a big shift because of the pandemic and, and what you mentioned earlier, maybe some people realizing that I don't want to live this lifestyle or maybe I want to work more from home. Do you think we're going to see a big shift in the corporate world having to, to again, coming back to shift and adapt and change and maybe they don't want to. But do you think we will in the future see a shift of whether it's how many hours we're working how many hours uh, maybe some people are in the office or not? And like you said earlier, there's obviously rules that you need to be in the office for. But how do you see that play out with what we've now learned and that we've been able to do of working through a pandemic like we have? I think that a big shift can be possible. And I really hope that it happens. But it depends on us, meaning if the best uh, workers are just resigning or if they speak up and speak their truth, their needs to their employees and negotiate it, it's possible. Okay. Another thing that uh, people have to be very firm on is if I do my job in a smaller number of hours, don't give me more and more and more because there is no sustainability. This overproduction of objects and things and where are they going? There are no people that are buying them. And when, you know, people use them and throw them away, where are they going? You know, we had this uh, worldwide convention on global uh, pollution, climax, etc. So they should acknowledge that 
even over having people overwork and overproduce is part of the pollution, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. I would have never thought about that, but that's, yeah. Okay. So, so there's, and, and I, maybe I am the only person that sees this, or maybe there's, there's a lot to this. Maybe not. I don't know exactly, but I, I tend to think of when you think about the baby boomers, if you will, or the generation before, uh, I understand how the families, when, and, and this is coming back to a quality uh, lifestyle, if you will. And, and I understand, you know, having to the best of my ability and not having lived through that, you know, you had the Great Depression here in America. And then, then the families wanted to create more. Like, I understand I've lost everything in my life. And I understand wanting to work hard in order to make sure you never get go back there again. And I think that's maybe what happened. And I don't know specifically about Europe, but America. And then the the families wanted to, they went to work and, and it became this work, 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 and let's make more money. And, and I understand that the mindset of that, but then you have my generation, which is a millennial generation. And some of us like me are still workaholics. And, and then there's some of us who, who, really kind of reject that idea of living, of, of buying that house in your 20s. And now we have the, the next generation and some of, you know, we have some of the millennials or the generation X, whatever you want to call them, that go for the experiences. We, we live in a time where experiences sell. Some kids are like, well, I don't want to work in my 20s. I want to just travel. You know, I want to experience all these things, but then they have no financial stability. So when we're looking at the big picture of all these different generations and then the differences in them, what do you think is is the key fundamental point in the middle of that? If we were to put all these on a map and, and you had to pick and say, where do we center this? What would your advice be to someone that's looking to find that center point that's still not afraid to work hard, but still wants to experience? And then and then what's the start to that? As well as the, as the people who don't want to work and they just want to experience stuff, but then Maybe they end up in, you know, 30 or 40 years old and they have no money. And I see the importance of both. How do you feel about all of that? And where do you think we should put our focus towards as we go into adulthood and into our careers? Mm -hmm. Interesting question. Yes, here in Europe, we experienced the same. We didn't have the Great Depression, but we have two wars. So the generation of my parents, the baby boomers, did exactly the same. They had to rebuild. They had to rebuild the nation, and they were they had this eagerness to have the best and to buy all the things and da da da. Then there is my generation, which is a little bit in the middle, and we were very spoiled. I mean, the luckiest of us were spoiled, but even not the luckiest because they didn't have you know to do what their parents did. So I think that the key is in my generation, because the other generation, I mean, maybe also the millennials is an interesting generation to take as an example. The youngest generation, those that want to say, we, we just want to have the experience. I'm sorry, it's not possible because <laughs> you're out of the world if you just want to have the experience, or maybe you can have the experience and live in an island, I don't know, rent a boat and do whatever you want to do, but you cannot be in the industrial whatever world. So I think that the sweet spot is really to know what to learn, to really stop, know what you want to create in your life, knowing, being aware about until you know what you would you want to do and set your boundaries your boundaries should be 
like not boundaries in autopilot, but should be boundaries that you every day decide to set. And your boundaries can change because at the beginning of your career, it's normal that you work a lot because you have to learn a lot. You have, you know, you have the energies and you have to create, and this is your priority maybe. Then I heard you saying uh, you're single and then you do, and you have no kids and da da da. So maybe it's becoming a priority of yours. So what are you willing to let go for putting something, a little bit of, you know, something that leads you to this priority? Because maybe if you don't give yourself time to go out and have fun and, you know, meet people and and all that, then in 10 years, maybe you are, no, you're not too old because you're very young, but maybe, you know, all the good opportunities are gone. But the same type of unhappiness could be found in that is what is, is that what you're saying? Like, meaning if, if you're doing it, regardless of which way there, there's a level of unfulfillment, maybe that comes with it. Yes. Okay. First of all, one has to be self-fulfilled, not be fulfilled by outer things. So you have to find your Dolce Vita in yourself. The Dolce Vita is an inside out word is having beautiful objects and not even that maybe Dolce Vita is having a aperitif with friends or a cup of tea or reading a book. It can be your Dolce Vita. So understand where your Dolce Vita or your life enjoyment part is. And really don't wait until you can, you know, until you are old or until you are super accomplished, because maybe, you know, in 10 years you have new projects and new opportunities and da, 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 and you are never accomplished. So it's it's really important to define the boundaries. So what I do, and I was like no boundaries in my first, you know, part of my of my life. So now I set when I start working, when I finish working, no matter what, you know, I delegate as much as I can. I was a perfectionist. Perfectionism doesn't exist. Perfection is only when you are in your grave and everything is cannot develop, you know, because accept that things don't go as you want them to go. Accept imperfection. And also, yeah, I mean, what what life is giving you. And please, every day, no, every week, define your Dolce Vita time. So when you're finished working, I want you, you to say, you, your audience, to have already an appointment with your friend and go for a glass of wine and and enjoy one person, two person, a group, whatever. Enjoy your your glass of wine, enjoy your tea, whatever. I'm not, you know, pushing these people to drink alcoholics and become... (laughs) (laughs) Coffee or tea works as well. (laughs) Of course, Italians just drink one red wine or a Prosecco and this is for the evening. This is done for the evening, okay? (laughs) So there must be boundaries even in the Dolce Vita. Otherwise, you know. <laughs> I like that. I think that's amazing. I I think that that you what you're doing here is you're you're simplifying the process, and and I love your way of doing that because it, it makes me feel like okay, well that's simple because if I think on the greater scheme of things, you know, my work has to get done and this and this, but when you say, well, hey, you know what, after work, maybe go grab a glass of wine with a friend. Well, that's something we can all do. That's whether that's an hour. And I think that's where we find the joys in life. And then the balance maybe lies, is this this the case where the balance lies in between that? And sometimes when I think, well, what if I only did that? 
then that would also not be fun when we're talking about just the experiences of life. Do you think that there's importance in, in that, that, but then also as well as do you think that hard work also brings the same kind of joy, but maybe you have to understand where you're stopping and where you're starting with that. And then you also get that joy of like, you know what, at the end of my life, when I died, I didn't just, the experiences were great, but I also participated to the world. I gave my best you know, what God gave me, the gifts that I was given, the talents, and I used them for something greater than just experiences. I think that's where we get hung up on maybe one or the other. And that's why I love your message here about just finding the middle point. Yeah. And I tell you that you can give back to the word and it's something I'm very committed to as well. Only if you have something to give, because you, if you are overworked, overstressed, maybe you're resentful because you didn't achieve that goal and, or, you know, you didn't finish all the things on your to-do list, which by the way, I don't believe in to-do list. Of course, you have to write what you have to do, but, you know, just try to get accomplished in the maximum that you can accomplish in a certain span of time and then go out and have fun and celebrate. And then you want to come back? Yes, you can come back to work, but you are back with much more energy and you know you are refueled so it's a, it's a different thing and again if uh i like for instance and i teach to make a lot of poses during the day and one very important is lunch break and go out of this of you do this office and you know so just go let's go back to what the amish were teaching you know like stay in the nature nature is such an important source of of energy of good vibration and the greens and the perfumes and maybe work walk take a walk because if you are static and if you sit at your desk all the day you you're not creative anymore if you walk you can become creative because movement in your body uh, creates movement in your head and i tell you my favorite mantra is discipline is freedom it means you have to be very disciplined when you are working so you know let go of all the distraction and you know like even people that are coming will say no they need 10 minutes and set boundaries because discipline sets you free time to be free Mm -hmm. but also need to be you need to be disciplined in your wanting to be free and in your wanting to uh to live la dolce vita i love that there's, I have a whole page of notes here already. And I don't know that I've ever done this. Prior. Amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning a lot. When you think about everything that you now know, and you go back to when you started first working with your family business, and you were, you were trying to find your spot and trying to find your thing. What is one or two things that you wish that you knew then that you know now? So at that time, I wished I knew that I didn't really have to prove my value, which was something that I was struggling with. And I started suffer, you know, this imposter syndrome uh, that everybody's talking about. I never had imposter syndrome before going to corporate. Really? And yes, because I was self-validating myself. And then, you know, when I was confronting myself with other models, I was like, oh, I'm different and I'm this and this and this. And now, you know what? I say, who cares? 
And another thing that I want to, that I've learned is be truthful to yourself. So know who you are, know what your values are and pursue them. Don't give up. Okay. Of course you have to respect the environment you're in, but you know, and and, and what you, what you stand for. Yeah. I stand for really for people to be happy and free, free in a good way, not like scatter or random Mm -hmm. and to be able to express themselves to the max so that they can impact the world. And I stand for a different, uh, a new uh, culture of the workplace. And uh, what I like to say is that I like to work with the leaders because the leaders can be impacted and change, you know, and make their own revolution. Because now all the employees are making their revolution by saying, I don't want to work here anymore. You know what? I just quit. So, you know, but if the leaders don't understand it, you know, we go nowhere. Yeah. You touched on something that I think a lot of people struggle with. And I've done some consulting in, in my life and I don't so much anymore. I just don't have time. But the the one thing I heard a lot and the one thing I've also experienced myself is the imposter syndrome. Whenever you are maybe, you know, coming back to what we talked about earlier about making that change, being willing to adapt and change, whether it's COVID or, or any other million things in the world that can happen. Whenever you make a big change, and oftentimes I find it's it's your heart change, it's, it's what your heart wants you to do, is that's when that imposter syndrome kicks in. What's your advice to someone who's struggling with that and maybe feeling like, you know, I don't belong in this space, but I know I'm supposed to be here. How do you overcome that? So the first thing is to acknowledge that when you are experiencing the imposter syndrome, it's an indicator that you are making a very big leap. Mm. So, you know, that you are upgrading. So just go back to your successes and Look back at your, you know, what you accomplished and write them. It can be from like elementary school or for when you started, you know, to ride your bike, anything. So this is one thing to do. And just remember of the all the great things that you have done. And for us, for human beings, it's just a matter of learning things. And then the other thing is. Uh, listen to this voice because the voice of the imposter syndrome is one of the voices in your head. And I call the team, you know, in your head. So listen to the message that this voice is telling you. So I'm not good enough at doing this. So try and uh, look at this confirmation or confirmation. So if you look at this confirmation, you say, sorry, imposter, and you know, you're not right. If you find confirmation, it's just a message that there is something to learn. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. It sounds easy. <laughs> yes, it sounds easy. <laughs> I think that the key word there is understanding what is driving it. And you said it, which I've never heard it put that way, which is it's upgrading. You're you're rebooting your system, if you will. You're it's like getting the new upgrade on your, your Apple iPhone. It now works a little differently, but maybe it works more proficiently, maybe it works, you know, better. So I love that analogy. We're coming up on time and I don't want to take up your whole day here. I, there's so many questions I would still have. I guess let's just we can we can use a, a more general thing when let's say there's someone that's coming out of college and they don't know what their career is going to be like. And they're starting, you know, their their early 20s. Uh, you and I have both been there. Uh, you have 
far more experienced than I do. I'm still figuring out life. What's your advice to that person as to, you know, we, I have a lot of friends who went through college and majored in a certain, you know, got a certain degree and weren't able to find positions in that degree then. What is your advice to someone that may find themselves in that situation as far as, do you think that somebody should, you know what, this is a, this is a question that I want to come back to, but do you think that somebody should, is this a pivotal moment in life where you also have to be willing to adapt and completely do something different, do you think? Yes. And go for it? Yeah, definitely. So first of all, you have to look at your wallet and know if you can afford to make, you know, uh, well, if you have to to work for for make a living and then find whatever work like a, as a side hustle and follow your heart and be willing to change. I tell you, I w- w- uh, at the university, I have an academic degree in English and American literature and I did everything else. But I tell you what, this was super useful for me because now I'm speaking English with you and, you know, with your audience. And if I hadn't studied English in such a thorough way, I would have no idea about, you know, the American culture and all that. And everything builds up. So I didn't have a big calling at the time. I mean, my big calling was to study literature and be in those cultural things and da, 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 but not in business then my business really built up in a trial and error way so i was willing to change completely to pivot every time i wasn't satisfied of course you have to do it with a vision in mind not you know just i don't like this and i don't like this and i don't like this because yeah the the hard work and this i i don't like the word sacrifice but the commitment part should be there and another thing that can be um, a shortcut is um, going to a career coach or a job orientation coach that helps you understand in a broad sense, you know, at least your value, your, your values are super important because if your values aren't met in the long run, something will happen because you will be super frustrated. You will not know what you know, is frustrating you but you will be super frustrated. So first of all, the value, even when you choose the company where to go, you know, value, not profit driven, but value. And of mm-hmm. course, uh, of course, I'm not, you know, a woo-woo type, you know, say, oh, do whatever you do. There is money for everybody. Mm. It depends on where you want to go and how you want to, how you want, you know, how much you want to learn and to earn. And live. And what kind and of... live. Yeah. Yes. That leads me right to the next question, which was, I'll have two more questions for you. And this is one, the one of them, but that leads me to that question. We hear so much about, especially among younger people, about work your passion, do what you're passionate about. And it's a question I love asking my guests because I get so many answers across the board. I have personally seen in my life more so than I have experienced it. Although I feel like I used to want to do something that I basically the, the biggest industry that I'm in with with one of my companies that provides me the lifestyle I have has nothing to do with my passion, with what I was passionate about. And I feel like so many people get hung up on, well, I'm passionate about this. And I would, what's your take on that? It's like, you know, you mentioned earlier something about follow your heart. Is that different than following your passion when it comes to a career? And should your passion and your career be separate? Very interesting question. 
So I think that uh, heart and passion are similar, but again, it depends uh, on what's a passion and how you interpret this. Let me take uh, give an example. For instance, I am super creative. I like to paint and to do all this artistic thing. What does it mean? It means that I am creative. Where can I apply my creativity? Okay, because if I am not a great, the best painter in the world, and if I'm not as um, lucky as to meet the gallery, the New York Fifth Avenue da, 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 or whatever gallery that is selling my paintings, chances are that I will not make a living with my paintings. Okay, so. For me, passion, it really depends what the passion is. And then you have to check if there is there are people that are willing to buy what you create with your passion, because if there is no one that is asking for it, you can you just leave it as a hobby and don't, you know, you cannot make a living. Or another thing is I'm passionate of yoga and it's true. I'm passionate of yoga. Would I want to go and live in Thailand giving up? all the things that I have here in Italy and just live with a few boxes. No, so I just don't make this choice. So you really have to know yourself to understand what you want, what is the lifestyle that you want to live? What are your value? What are your limits, your boundaries, you know? And then again, if there is a market for your, your passion, so very well, but if there is no market for your passion, how can you transform what your passion means, you know? Because again, as I told you, for me, painting or playing the piano, dancing or doing this is creativity. It means not staying, you know, sitting in a, in front of a computer all day long. And then I have adapted it to what I'm doing now. Yeah. And that brings you a lot of happiness as well, which, which yes. doesn't mean that you can't love even the, the industry I'm in. I now love what I do, but it just wasn't my passion. My passion was exactly what I'm doing with you was my podcast, which and what I found and what I think so many people forget sometimes is I found something that provided for my what I wanted, like what you were saying, you know, what what do I fundamentally at the end of the day, where do I want to live? What kind of lifestyle do I want to have? And and that provided that. And then that opened the door for everything else that I wanted to do passionately. And so so it was something that I learned that way. But I find it very hard to. Uh, explain that to people a lot of times because so many people are like, well, why would I do what I don't want to do? You know what I mean? And and then they end up a lot of times unhappy and unfulfilled in a way because they can't, they just seem to end up at some point in their life working for the dollar, just working to survive. And no one wants to be, be in those. Did yeah. you paint that picture behind you, by the way? No, <laughs> it was a gift. Okay. Well, you mentioned painting and I was like, that's yeah, a gift. Yeah. You know what? When I was mentioning painting, I was like, mm, maybe he, should, he will ask you. I think in a similar way. <laughs> well, I did. Okay, last question, because you've been so very generous with your time today, and, and I'm so appreciative of it. If, you're, if you were given the world stage and everyone's listening to you and people are going to remember you by what you say, what do you think the world needs to hear today? What do you think that people need to hear today? And it can be about anything. It doesn't have to be business, but it can be if they want to get to know, you know, Angela Santi for who she is and what you think is at the end of the day, the most important thing, what would you say? 
I would say that uh, the most important thing that people need now is knowledge and culture, because this makes you understand what's happening in the world. Be Be curious and be willing to go deep in things and understand what's happening outside yourself and inside yourself. These are the most important things that I've learned because in the first part of my life, I had no clue about myself as a person. You know, I was only living on the outside, on the surface. And uh, and I didn't have, you know, so many insights that I had afterwards that, and then, you know, like read, 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 and, and be really... Uh, hungry of learning from people this is really being and I'm so blessed to be at your podcast which I'm so much so enjoying that I can give you all the time that you want and I'm you know it's just a beautiful interview because this is a beautiful exchange and I'm learning so much from being here you know at your guest because it's so, so enriching and I will definitely work away with some other insights yeah and and that's what I love about podcasting is I, I think that, and by the way, you know, when I first started podcasting, I had that 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 syndrome, that imposter syndrome. I had, I was like, I don't belong here. I don't know what I'm doing, and it's been the most beautiful thing in my life. How much it's taught me, and and how much I've learned from. I would have never had gotten the chance to to talk to you if it wasn't for this this show. I really, really love everything you're saying, and. I think our guests will too. And and when when it comes to that, how do people find you? How can we support you? You know, are you on all social media? Are you uh, on some? Do you have a website people can go to if someone wants to work with you? Which I think, by the way, anyone who's listening at this point would be very beneficial. So you know, how do we? How can we support you? And how can people connect with you? Thank you very much for this question. So I am on LinkedIn. So you yeah. can find me as Angela Santi. S A N T I. I have a website that is, guess what, angelasanti.it, like Italy, and you can reach me through my website. I personally answer to all the messages that I receive, and I will be more than happy to, yeah, to, to help whoever is interested after this um, this podcast to be perfect. And, and we'll put those in the show notes as well. And to our listeners. Please review the show. Let us know what you learned from Angela today. And it, it, this it's that kind of feedback that helps us keep keep doing this stuff and, and to do it better and better. I would just say, Angela, my door is always going to be open to you. So anytime you want to do a show, if we can find the, our, our schedules aligning, I will be more than happy to have you on. And yes, I, I really appreciate the time that you put in today. Thank you very much. I reciprocate and please invite me another time. And I'm looking forward to continue our conversation. Perfect. Thanks again for tuning in to The Ultimate Shift. Look, I know life is crazy. Life gets busy. And we all kind of have an idea of where we want to go and where we want to end up. But there's so many things that come up in between. And my goal with this show is to grab one thing from every guest that we can apply to our lives that help get us closer to our end goal. You can follow me on Instagram at Ephraim Glick, Facebook at Ephraim Glick, Twitter at Glick Ephraim, or you can go to the website at EphraimGlick.com. See you next time.